You're listening to Ritual, a podcast for curious humans, all about creative practices, mindset, and professional improvement. I'm your host, Daniel Lamb, CEO of Holland Creative. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Tamara Glick on the podcast. If you don't know Tamara, you are in for a real treat. She is a personal brand strategist, a stylist, and a writer, and just a really a really great person in general. Before we get her on, here is a little bit more about Tamara. She's not an actual cult leader, that would be awkward, but she is an evil genius and a mastermind at two very specific things. Developing personal brands and unique style for highly visible leaders that raises their profiles, represents their values, and promotes their perspective with confidence, and helping lifestyle brands build cult-like followings so that they can take their signature offering from sample to staple with the sales to match. For almost 20 years across advertising, marketing, retail, and wardrobe styling, She's worn many statement-making hats. Tamara Glick has built a career of using the tools of wardrobe and words to fully express personal brands and create intimate relationships with customers. What she learned is that more than anything else about you or your brand, it's the super luxe, cashmere, cuddly, you-can-sit-with-us feeling that your audience gets at every touch point with your brand that makes them fall hard eyes in love with you, become a fan for life, and raise your profile to its well-deserved status. Tamara works with founders, executives, and highly visible thought leaders, as well as growth stage brands around the globe to craft distinctive, authentic personal brand strategies with clarity, relevance, and sophistication. An active member of Fashion Group International and Women of Influence, Tamara has also served on multiple boards of directors, including Image Impact International, Tribal Cracking Wind, a performance arts company, and is a past vice president for the Toronto, Canada chapter of the Association of Image Consultants International. Tamara has been featured on podcasts you love, like the Copywriter Club podcast, the Quiet Rebellion podcast, and has been called upon for her expertise by Canada's foremost media, including City TV, CBC Radio, Virgin Radio, the Toronto Star, the Globe and Mail, and MSN Sapatico. Hey, Tamara, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Daniel, thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to it all day. Awesome. So before we get into all the cool stuff that you're going to talk about today, because you're going to talk about a lot of really cool stuff, I have to ask you my number one question. What is your ritual? Yes, not intimidating at all. It depends on context. I think I have probably a lot more rituals than I even realize that I have, but some of the most important ones revolve around how I start my day. No matter what I'm doing, there are definitely rituals around how I start my day and how I tend to my person before I start every day. Very cool. So do you have like a, an elaborate morning routine? Not as elaborate as some. I know I know that like you and I joke about like getting up at the crack of dawn and having a gajillion motivational affirmations that you say and drinking raw eggs. But no, I don't do any of those things. I love mornings if they start at seven or eight in the morning. <laughs> so I don't have one of those rituals. But for me, it really is about like tending to 
the different aspects of myself and don't necessarily do them all in a regimented fashion every single day, but tending to the spiritual, the emotional and the physical and the intellectual in the morning is also important to me. But the physical is extra important because I find that that makes a really significant difference in how I approach my day. So in the form of from the from the emotional and the spiritual, I'll usually do a form of thinking or meditation. And I am also almost always exercising in the morning. But the other physical things that I absolutely do every day are the things that most people and I don't swear much, but it's the shit shower shave combo. Those are the things that although they're really basic, that is how I know my day is starting. Like I have my routine of the showering and the hair and the skincare routine. And those might seem like a routine. In actuality, when I perform them, they are ritualized so that they occur in a specific order. There's a reason why I like to do the things that I do. There's stuff I think about when I'm doing those activities. And so, yeah, I'd say like without really realizing it, that became a a significant ritual for me. Yeah. And to that point, our days, most of us are having, you know, this, this experience of, of a very different kind of approach to life since, since 2020 and COVID hit. A lot of the folks listening right now from home are probably working from home. And hopefully when we're doing that, we're remembering to put on pants, but I am going (laughs) somewhere with this. When it comes to like how we show up, our personal brand, if you will. What's that relationship between style and space and ritual? Oh, I love this question because I think there is such an overlap and you're so right. I I have worked just like you have. I have worked from home and remotely for a number of years. When our world changed in 2020, that part of my world didn't really change that much. I still got up in the morning. I still did the same rituals around getting ready. I still got up, made my bed, did the shower, did the the hair, the makeup, the putting on real clothes, sitting down in my space, because those are things that I ritualized years ago when I realized starting working from home, how unproductive your day can become and how unformatted, unstructured your time can become without purposeful demarcation. So when I think of people working from home, especially now, the space that you choose, the style that you choose, those when they are ritualized, when they are purposeful, can make such a difference to your se- your sense of self, your self-worth, your ability to contribute, because I, I really think that's what drives people and it has been batted up against for the past just over a year now. And it really helps you to demarcate different parts of your day. So you know what your purpose is when you're sitting in this area, dressed in this kind of a way, and you know what it is not. I mean, another ritual that I have that I actually didn't really think about until right now is I do get dressed every day. I wear pants that have a fly on most occasions. That is important to me because it does just the act of having non-stretchy pants puts me in the mindset of I am now my professional self or my my self that goes out into the world. But when five o'clock hits, even if I'm going to have a longer workday, even if I've decided I might work into the evening after dinner, five o'clock hits, I put on sweatpants and I, you know, it's another demarcation in the day. If the weather is good, I'm out for a jog or a walk. So that is my pseudo commute. And I come home and I put on the sweatpants and take off my bra. And that, that is when I know it's evening time. And I know a lot of women have that same kind of routine when they come home 
from being outside. And now we have to replicate that feeling for ourselves when we're working from home. Yeah, 100%. I think for me, it's it's whether or not I'm wearing a belt. So like you, I get up in the morning and I have my, my triple S routine. I'll get dressed, showered, put on clothes, socks and shoes too. Like barefooted versus having my shoes on for some reason, it's like a mindset thing for me. Like I feel like more purposeful, even if I'm wearing like house slippers with mm-hmm. socks as opposed to just barefoot. Plus my, my, my toes get cold. So I need the sockies, but, um, <laughs> but there's something about having that, that ritualized morning routine, regardless of how rigorous it is, just to your point. Yeah. To have that line of demarcation in the day, those different signals or cues. It's, it's super important, especially when every day is a Tuesday. Yes. It's blurs day all the time. Okay. So we're getting on something here and I kind of want to go a little bit deeper into this. So it might be semantics, but I think there's a little bit more to it here. What separates ritual from routine? What's the difference for you? To me, I think people often get confused and, and have a lot of routines that could become rituals if they were more intentional. So to me, the difference between routine and ritual is habit versus intention. So when I think of a routine, to me, those are, those are steps in a habit that get you from point A to point B. And they're very practical and it's a get or done situation. When I think of rituals, some of that may have started as a habit, creating a habit, but there is intention around how, why, what materials you use in that routine that creates a more intentional, purposeful, some might even call it spiritual way of completing a task. So it doesn't take you from point A to point B and you're done. It could actually take you from point A to point D or to point Q or to point Z, depending on on what it involves. Yeah, I'd have to agree there too. I think it was a few years ago, I was reading this book about monks and how there's this monk who was a cook in a monastery and his spiritual practice was cooking food for his brother monks. And so he wasn't like some pious guy who meditated for a bunch of hours on the mountaintop. He was just a simple guy who who made food. And for him, the level of intention and presence and awareness that he could bring to his daily work was profound. I think that that is that's that's definitely really awesome and important to think about. And I think that putting forth a composed version of myself for me is is a part of my ritual in terms of being professional, but also I think it's kind of self-care and self-respect, maybe even self-love. I know that I feel more mentally upbeat when I treat myself well. And obviously not everybody has the opinion that we should show up and, and put on our best face for the world, but the impact of our appearance, does it even matter? I mean, could it be a hindrance to success? I think that there's this this backlash of apathy or absurdism that the last year has brought about. I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but I really want to hear your take on it. So I love what you just said about there are people who don't think it should matter if we bring our best self, best face to the world. My response to that is, it's always going to start and end with you. This is about walking by a mirror or a pane of glass or whatever by accident and seeing the person you know yourself to be in the reflection, whatever that is. When you walk past that and you get a glimpse of yourself or you hear yourself, or in our case now, you see yourself on screen on a Zoom call, Are you reflecting back to yourself who you want to be that day? Does it feel great? Does it feel aligned? How does it feel? 
from there, then you get the intention of putting your air quotes, best face, best self to the world. It isn't prescriptive in terms of everybody has to do it the same way, a certain way, one way. It isn't, it isn't that at all. And I, I fear that people think it is because we've been marketed to for such a long time in terms of standard of beauty or standard of gender identity, all of these things that complicate showing up for yourself first and then being able to show up to the world best. In the context of the past year and the absurdity of the past year, I think it's even more important now. So much is out of our control, but how we show up is in our control. And it's something that we can influence every day, multiple times a day, every so often that you wish to engage in it, you can. And that small act of being able to improve your outlook, improve your state of mind, even if it feels like it's just a physical thing, the physical is what houses everything else. So why wouldn't that be important? Why wouldn't that have an effect on everything else? It's not the be all and end all, but it is a wonderful capsule and tool to be able to get further into your development overall, to put your best self forward overall. I think there's something about authenticity embedded in all of that too. Yes, there absolutely is. And I think that's where, it, that's where that line for me is, is really important that this is not about showing up the way that men's health tells you to show up or GQ shows you to show up, or your favorite celebrity show. It's not about that. It is about showing up for yourself in such a way that you are expressing on the outside the qualities that you want to promote from your inside and helping other people to associate that with you. That's a wonderful like energetic exchange that we all have the ability to create if we're intentional, if we do this with purpose. Yeah. And that's really a beautiful way to look at it. Obviously for somebody who works in the space of, of image, you totally embody that. I think the way that you show up in your online presence and the way you are in person is really, really congruent, which is awesome. I think that's, that's so important. I was just involved in a clubhouse room earlier today. That was the whole conversation was about being paid for your personality in 2021. But the conversation really started to move around the idea of how you present yourself in different venues. And to me, what's most important is you are your through line. So how how does that you will naturally always have your through through line. And sometimes we get caught up in our brains about like, does that even make sense? And what if I'm like this here, but I'm like that there, we're going to pull up or push down on various aspects of our personality in different venues. That only makes sense. Because if you're sitting at the kids table, you're going to be appropriate with the kids table. And if you're sitting at a, a CEO's table, you're going to be appropriate for the CEO's table, but you're always still going to be you. The authenticity of you can and should stay the same. The congruency, as you called it, which is a perfect word. I think that that's what's so important is, are, are you doing this with, with your intended purpose? Or are you just showing up because you, you, you have to? And I think if you're doing it on purpose, you're going to put more thought into it. And you'll be happier with how the results go. Naturally, one flows from the other. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it would be awesome if you could talk a little bit about how, how you're actually helping people like come to terms with that, understand it for themselves and actualize and act on that because shameless pitch for you here, but I've worked with you. I know that it's awesome to, to feel confident about the way you look on camera and like your space and what that can do 
for your own self-benefit and confidence, but also from a professional standpoint. I get tons of compliments on the big yellow chair when I attend meetings with that. And it's not something people expect. I think we're all still living in the expectation that it's cool to show up in your Lucky Charms t-shirt and your plaid pajama mm-hmm. pants. That's just not the case. There's a lot of value in that. And I know that you have, there's a couple of ways that you've put this out into the world. And so I'd love for people to get to know about that. First of all, thank you so much. I loved having you in the masterclass and working with you. It was so much fun. So there are a few ways. And I call myself a personal brand strategist, both written and worn, which goes back to that congruence, what you say, how you how you write it, and how you show up. These all need to reflect the same reality of you, the same authentic you. What you're talking about in specific is an area of service that came out of our changes to the world in 2020, but had long kind of been brewing before that, just the stars aligned in in a strange and crazy way for me to bring expertise both in polish corporately and technology remotely together. How we work together was in a couple of the ways that I help people to present this information and to uh, assimilate the information and work work better with it. The first is the Work From Home Masterclass, which is a course that I designed to assist everyone who works from home, whether as a cause of pandemic or because they truly want to and they will continue to. First, to figure out how to find the right space in their home. And I know that this is not visual, but for people who are listening, I am currently sitting in a four by six closet in my flat in downtown Toronto. If I can have a workspace that looks professional, I know I can help anyone else to create the same thing, no matter what their home is built like. So it is first and foremost, figuring out where you would find that space in your home. And then also what qualities to look for in that bare space, what technology to use so that when you do show up on screen or you're talking remotely, you're getting the clearest translation of your personal brand on screen as you possibly can. And also recognizing that even though the technology in front of you is really important, the stuff that's behind you is also important to helping create a well-rounded impression of the quote-unquote office they've walked into when somebody has a meeting with you. And from there, we start talking about things like the psychology of camera angles, the psychology of color, and how you can use color in your space or on your person to influence the kinds of conversations that you're having. It's just, it is really well-rounded. It is the best 360 experience for learning how to work from home that I've ever seen. That's yeah, pretty fantastic. Other than that, what's what's kind of on the horizon for you? I know that you and I have had a lot of conversations here and there in different groups that we're a part of. What's up next? Well, building on the Work From Home Masterclass, there's also the group semi-private. So I'm focusing purely on your space and working on that. And then there's also the intensives, just one-on-one VIP experience. I am so curious to see how we evolve in this space. I think that, you know, the Pandora's box of remote work is the lid is off. Yeah. So how are we going to maneuver through this once we can go back to offices if we want to? So what's up for me? What's next for me? I'm curious to find out. I'm not 100% sure. I think that there will be a lot of work that combines this idea of personal brand and personal style 
with the energetics, because that's what I think primarily we're experiencing now is we're getting a, a real firm experience of how we can inform our energy levels without having the benefit of the broader outside world. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that shows up in my work in future too. Yeah, I can't imagine what it must be like to be like a hardcore extrovert in all of this who like literally feeds off of other people's energy and needs that sort of like being in the office experience. I I was always the person who was like, can we get more work from home time? Like I'm a writer. I need to be alone, guys. You can't come by my desk every five minutes and say, hey, got a sec? Like I do, (laughs) but now I don't have a sec for writing. And so hopefully I get to do my job. But yeah, for like the folks who are no longer getting fed that energy source, like I think energetics are super important. And I mean, like even the most introverted of us, like myself, like now that I've been alone in my house for like a year, basically, even that demands some energetic management. Nobody is an island. So true. I I am a fairly extroverted person, but I'm also very comfortable with my own company. So for me, it's definitely been challenging in, in interesting ways. I think, I mean, it's challenging for everyone. And, and I'm curious about that as well, because I know for me, it's not always that I have to be with other people, but I want the option to go into the room so I can decide if I want to leave. <laughs> just don't even have that. Yeah, totally. I, I think there's there's all those memes online, right? Of I just wanted to be invited so I could decline. Yes, exactly. Exactly the feeling. Or, you know, I'd like to be in a place where somebody might bump into me and I would like to not freak out about that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I do miss like running into people in public. I will say that. And I look forward yeah. to the opportunity again one day. Me too. Me too. Until then, this is a pretty good way to do it, though. It is. It's incredible what we have at our disposal. And using it well is the best part, learning how to use it well. Very cool. So you, before we chatted earlier, you mentioned that you had something that we could offer folks and a way to, for people to connect with you. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I would love to be able to provide your listeners with access to a freebie called 15 Video Call Spoilers and How to Fix Them. It is all about what happens in front and behind you so that when you are communicating in a virtual space, you've created the best outcome that you can. So you can get that at my website, which is tamaraglick.com slash ritual. Very cool. Awesome. Where else can people find you? At my website, you have the address. You can find me on Instagram too, which is my name, Tamara Glick. You can find me there. You can also link in with me. I would love to chat. Awesome. This has been such a great chat, Tamara. I really appreciate you being on today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Ritual. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone that you think would love it. Special thanks to our producer, Emily Milling, and her team at The Ultimate Creative and our amazing business manager, Erica McCauley. I recorded the intro music for this podcast with Spencer Garn at Diamond Street Studios here in Atlanta. Until next time, I'm Daniel Lamb. And just remember, everything that you need to be creative is right here with you, within you, in this moment.